0: Yo. Hey, is this Matthew Moore?
1: Is this is. Yeah, just my story is just very interesting. But I was um arrested and then tried in Delaware County. Um it was if you believe that she was strangled, who else is it gonna be but him? Even though there isn't any forensics, there's no physical evidence, no eyewitnesses, no and no nothing. So, but you, so you if said you believe she was strangled, who else is it gonna be besides? So
0: you, you think that nobody else could have hurt your wife?
1: I don't. I, I would. I no. I don't. I don't think. I don't think.
0: Because what you if were, they are? What if they are telling the truth and you are innocent? Then that means that there is somebody out there that possibly murdered I,
1: your wife. I do struggle with that on occasion, but it's just it's just
0: too it's just too far out there. Listen to my full interview with Matthew Moore. A man who was found not guilty of murdering his wife, Emily Noble, right now on this episode of Murderers in Ohio. So we all in Ohio. I had done a phone interview with a man who had gone on trial for the murder of his wife in Delaware County, Ohio. Matthew Moore was found not guilty of the murder of his wife, Emily Noble which I had talked briefly about in a previous episode. Now I'm going to let you listen to that phone interview with a little interruption from myself as possible. Yo. Hey, is this Matthew Moore? Is My name is Bill Swafford. I'm with the podcast, just in case you forgot. Bill,
1: how are
0: you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, Thanks. I had introduced myself as the host of the True Crime podcast, just in case you forgot, because that was the podcast I had been working on at the time that I had received Matthew's email. Matt wanted to talk about Delaware County, Ohio. The email that I got from Matt went like this. Matt said, My name is Matthew Moore, and I am the husband of Emily Noble. I was tried and acquitted of her murder in Delaware County, Ohio in August of 2022. I have written a book that is available on Amazon Kindle. Matt gives the title of the book in the email. The title is Emily, A Stage Suicide in Ohio. I don't even know what to say about the title of that book. Matt continues the email with this. If you really want to inform your listeners on the competence of law enforcement in the prosecutor's office in Delaware County, Ohio, please contact me. I have a story to tell. At the time of this email, I was working on the true crime podcast called Just In Case You Forgot about the unsolved murder of Stacy Colbert. Stacy Colbert was murdered in Columbus, Ohio, but her remains were found in Delaware County, Ohio. So I was very interested in talking to Matthew Moore. So I got your email. What is it you'd like to talk about?
1: Well, I, I don't know if you know anything about uh, my case. Yeah, I know um, a little bit about it um usually what i do is i I'll, I'll reach out to people in your genre in the podcast or the true crime genre um that have done pieces on my wife um and and so i usually communicate with them yours i just happen to read a part of i don't know i just caught a part of it something that you said that just kind of hey that's maybe something that would be interesting so i just I, I just reached out to you. I know that I haven't listened to your pods, but I did listen. I did check you out. You do. You just kind of like review murders in Ohio. Yes.
0: Well, um, what, what I find interesting is I'm also doing another one called Just in Case You Forgot that's out in Delaware County.
1: Right, right. That's what I. That's what I. What what I caught. It's an old case that you you're bringing back.
0: Yes. And you like you said something in there. You'd like to talk about how law enforcement and everybody treated you up in there.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I, I I usually do this. I, I did write a book and I'm promoting it. But um, usually what happens is when I reach out to the media is they are just interested in my case. They usually know about it, so it's just really literally what I do is I just sit back and answer questions. And then for for that they'll they'll mention my book. Um, your what you're doing, I, I, don't, I don't really know. Are you, like, pro-establishment? Are you more of a, um... Is it... Are you pro-police, or...?
0: I didn't know how to answer Matt's question. I didn't want to lose the interview as soon as it began. So I told him what I thought he wanted to hear, and thankfully it worked. All right, well, that, that that would
1: probably help <laughs> a little bit. Um, Yeah, just my story is just very interesting. It's an interesting. Um, like I said, I, no, uh,
0: um, I know um, a kid. little bit about your case, but I don't. I try to make sure that I don't know enough to form form an opinion yet.
1: You're right. Um, I, I I just I just know that that um, people that are in the true crime genre are interested in my case. Um, I'm not sure what yours is about. I could I could tell you about what happened to me in my interaction with the police and the prosecutor's office in Delaware County um, if that would be interesting if you think it would be interesting for your listeners to hear something like that I mean I'd be more than one to, job uh, to yeah talk about
0: actually it. yeah I'd be more than willing to listen to that
1: yeah I'm not really too sure what your your audience is is looking for but I'm getting a lot of reaction from just... And well, I'm, not, I'm
0: kind I'm of curious putting, on how Delaware County handles their cases and how they came to put you up. I mean, th- was Delaware County the ones that charged you?
1: Yeah, I was arrested. Um, we, m- My wife and I lived in uh, Westerville. So the, the lead detective in, in her case was um, a Westerville Police Detective. But I was... Um, Arrested and then tried in Delaware County. Their their Delaware County court. You you I probably I have a few questions for you. One okay. that I can't really get um I can't get an answer from is is there ever any pressure from who has more power bringing a case to court? Is it the prosecutor or is it the detectives? The prosecutor. So the prosecutor. So so it's not like the detectives have a weak case; they bring it to the prosecutors and demand that it
0: gets. Yeah, the prosecutors uh, make that decision.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're the first guy that ever really ever said that. I couldn't really get ever get a direct direct. Um,
0: the Only thing that they can do is they can bring up their persons of interest, and for in order for them to get an order. Uh, Order for a warrant for a person, they have to get it signed off. Hmm. So that would have to be a prosecutor, DA, or whatever.
1: I I, I did get, um they did get a uh, grand jury to indict me. But I've been told that that's really nothing. There's really not a lot to that. I don't know um, the ins and outs of a, um, a grand jury. I don't even know what it is. Is it 12 jury jurors from the public or... I don't even know what a grand jury consists of. Is it a, uh, are they? Pretty 12? sure that's just judges. They're, so it's judges that do yes. that. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be. So I, I got indicted, and it was just surprised to everyone because there was no evidence. Like, what they brought to, to trial, there just wasn't anything there. I mean, my jury was out for... I have a juror that's um, speaking, actually there's a few jurors that are now speaking um, uh, one of the majors has picked up my story and they're doing a true crime thing and they went out and found jurors however they do it and the juror the one juror said uh, the, the one I talked to said that they were literally like the first time they the first day, the first ten minutes they were like, let's, well, what does everybody think? and everybody said innocent right away um, they decided to take the night and think about it when they came back the next day they again they, they tried to do it correctly you know they wanted to make sure so they took an hour or two <laughs> but everybody was really not guilty right away um, so it's just it's strange that um, they could get a grand jury to indict me but they did and it's and i'm sure maybe you know more about that than i do my my attorney told me that um that it's nothing he, he would say that uh, you're gonna indict a ham sandwich that was the lawyer's speech for whether you can get prosecuted or you can get a grand jury to indict you yeah so they, they brought me to they brought me to trial i was in jail for 15 months um they i mean you could just imagine your life falls apart i lost my house my life savings my mother's inheritance. I had to, I had to use it all for to pay prosecute um, to pay defense attorneys. I got a real good defense attorney. Do, do you know my defense attorney? No. no. Diane Menagee. She's um she was the doctor. <coughs> remember the doctor? That, uh, what was that? There was a doctor that he was being convic- uh, charged with like twelve murders out of Columbus. Um, he was taking people off of uh, life support. Oh, I remember. Use, using fentanyl. It was a national case.
0: Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. I don't forget the guy's name, though.
1: Yeah. Diane Menage, she, she, uh, she came on board, and she just really gave him a whooping. In my case, she really, she went, gave him a once over. There just really wasn't much there to say circumstantial. It wasn't even circumstantial evidence.
0: Um, How long of an investigation did they do on you?
1: She went missing on uh, May... 25th of 2020 they found her 4 months later a little less than 4 months later just on the just down the road just i mean literally a 4 minute walk 5 minute walk from my from our condo in Westerville um apparently i mean there there was dogs all they they searched i mean those first couple of days there was people all over and they they, they missed her um, they found her hanging from um, partially hanging from a tree with a USB cord wrapped around her neck. Um, it took them nine months after that to arrest me.
0: Did they uh, ever look into anybody else besides you?
1: The, the, At trial, my attorney got the lead detective to say no. I mean, you, really? you'd really have to... They had tracker dogs that came on Tuesday, which was the day after I called her in. It wasn't even twenty it wasn't twenty four hours later, and they tracked these. This tracker dog tracked her scent to a house just north of where we lived. Um, they brought in tracker dogs again two weeks later, different tracker dog, who again caught her scent. They got her scent at my house and went to the same house again, just north of where we lived. Literally, you could see the house from where we lived and they never um they never investigated the guy they never the police notes didn't they just didn't do anything so my attorney got the lead detective to admit that they didn't develop any other suspects they 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 got me they had, I was on the radar right from the beginning and they decided it was me and they got that tunnel vision thing and it's amazing that tunnel vision is is uh, scary to say the least. I mean, when they decide that you're it, you're it. There's not, there's nothing going to change their mind. Not even tracker dogs going to someone's house two weeks apart. There was uh, several other things too that that they that you could point to during trial. That yeah, they didn't they didn't develop any other suspects. So,
0: how many times did they interview you?
1: Um, they within 40 hours of me calling her in, they did bring me in voluntarily and accused me of murder um, with no evidence. They just decided that it was me. Um, They did the cop thing, you know, the screaming and yelling, pointing their fingers in my face. I took a lie detector test. They said I failed it. It was a voice inflection test, which, you know, if you know anything about these interrogations, they just lie to you. They tell you you failed it just to try to put pressure on you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, it's just a trick that they play. Um, Yeah. after I was, I was a hundred percent cooperative up until then. And then I left and I went and got a lawyer. I didn't pay a lawyer, but I, a friend of mine knew a lawyer and the lawyer's like, yeah, you're it. You can't talk to them anymore. So I just stopped. I stopped. They didn't, they weren't reaching out to talk to me anyway, but um, <coughs> yeah, after that, I didn't talk to them, but once or twice on the phone for a very short amount of time, they, they, they would have like, uh, <laughs> they had a, um, a, a a search. Um, that they invited the um the community of Westerville to participate in. It was just up the road, like a mile, two miles up the road from where we lived, and um, I didn't even know about it. But uh, just before it was about to happen, they called me and they, hey, you want to come down here and there's a bunch of people here. They're volunteers. They're gonna search for Emily. And by then I, by then I knew better. You just don't. You, your are a lawyer tells you you can't you can't communicate with, with police you can't talk to them don't talk to them because they're building a case against you so you got to not talk to them so they interviewed me one time one time um, for a couple hours uh, it was not even 40 hours after I called her in and then uh, they accused me of murder and then my lawyer said that's it can't don't talk to the police don't talk to the media because the media is doing the same thing
0: we're going to take a quick break
1: a killer on run Ohio.
0: Hey, true crime fans. Do you need a new true crime podcast to listen to? Then check out, just in case you forgot, the true crime podcast about the Stacey Colbert cold case out of Columbus, Ohio, hosted by me, Bill Swafford
1: ran over to her apartment her car was still there and um there was still like snow on the ground a little bit I go into her place I mean it's obviously that like all of her stuff is there doors are open like things are open so I knew like something like I just knew it was bad and so I mean I first call my dad and mom like something horrible happened I'm calling the police and then I call the and you know, I can still see her standing on the corner, waving goodbye. Um, you know, and that's that's the last time I saw her.
0: I go over the investigation into the death of Stacy Cobert and talk to those who knew Stacy.
1: They reported it. It was like a 40-year-old, but I still got those little hairs raised on the back of my neck, think, thinking, "This is this. I, you know." I have a
0: really bad feeling about this. My name is uh, Jeff Bessinger, and I am currently a sergeant with the Delaware County Sheriff's Office When a hunter looking for his lost hunting dog uh, located a skull in the woods. uh, That started the investigation for Delaware County. So check out, just in case you forgot, the true crime podcast about the Stacey Colbert cold case on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: it was uh I wrote, I, I wrote a book about it that's about all i can tell you it's it's pretty much all in the book but uh, it's a very uh, strange situation to be in it's just, i didn't know anything about law enforcement i had no trouble before prior i'm not a criminal so i didn't know really what was going on how long did your trial last the trial was um that's that's another interesting facet of um this whole thing, I mean, isn't it funny how some trials are long like, uh, and some trials aren't so long?
0: Yeah.
1: Isn't that? I figure this, it's so about money. It's Money is so much part of it. It was how much could I afford? How long of a trial could I afford? And that's what I got from it. <laughs> My trial was eight days. Eight days? Eight days is what I could afford.
0: How many witnesses did they bring against you? They, the prosecution
1: called 21 witnesses, and my attorney called two.
0: And it only took eight days.
1: It took, yeah, it was very coordinated, and it was very down to the minute. It was like, these, they really coordinate trials. They know how long things are going to take, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was eight days. And it was, uh, there, it was... They didn't have anything. It was like they just kind of would bring people up just to bring them up. What do they call them, Prop witnesses?
0: Yeah, character witnesses and
1: things like yeah, that. Just, just nonsense. Just to fill up time, you know, just because there wasn't anything there. There, there was 30,000 pages of Discovery, and there was nothing in it. So it was just garbage, crap, just things that didn't, what didn't pertain to anything.
0: Now, did... Um did the sheriff's department handle the investigation or this, was this a local city law enforcement?
1: No, this was, yeah, this was local Westerville police department. Okay. I did notice on your thing that you were looking at, um, County sheriffs. Yeah. You're more of a County sheriff kind of, um, they were involved, they were around, but that was more of a Westerville. Um, I don't know if you know anything about Westerville. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's kind of a, there's not a lot of crime there. <laughs> they got a lot of time on their hands. So when this this thing popped up, they really they really put the gas pedal to the to the floor, so to speak, and put a lot of money and a lot of time into this.
0: So you think they just failed their investigation altogether?
1: It's, it's my contention that it's more. Of, and this is all I've, things I've learned, and I don't think you can really come up with it until you're a, a victim of it. And I, I came to realize that it's more about um, money and, and just what government does. It's not, it's power, right? It's it's this, hey, look at us, we're working. Just look at all these things we're doing. Look at all these people we're using, we're utilizing all these people to try to get this thing solved. And they're really not doing it. it's just, it was kind of like they were um, churning a huge account. They, at the end, when I got arrested, they listed all the departments that they used. They had the FBI, the OBI, you know, all these different different specialists and all this, and nothing came of any of it. So it was just kinda, of, it seemed to me that it's more about the money it, a trial generates than it is about like justice or even your guilt or innocence. It was just, hey, we have an opportunity here. Westerville is not like Columbus. For Columbus, they have murders all the time. They don't have time to do this. They, they it's just naturally occurring that they have all this, um, all this action all the time. Not Westerville. It was literally. It was like, hey, we got a chance to do this thing. Let's do it. And they, and they just. I don't know if they get tunnel vision because they're trained to get tunnel vision or. Is it? This is how they're trained. You need to like. Okay, we need to make a decision. <laughs> this is what it's going to be, and this is what we're going to go for. You know, and it, and, it's, and and nothing will take their focus off of what that is. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but yeah, the Washingtonville Police Department just botched the whole thing up. I think, that, like I said before, I, they found her four months later in, in an apparent suicide. Um, I think they missed her those first initial days. I mean, they brought in this, um, do you ever hear of Texas EquiSearch? Yeah. They brought those people in and they just carpeted Westerville looking for her. They were at the bottom of retention ponds and, and ravines and, 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 um, well, they were all over the place looking for Emily and they, they missed her. Those dogs missed her. I actually brought them to the, to the spot that they eventually found her, they had asked me, um, where did the Emily like to walk? And I was, well, I, I know this one spot that she likes to go to the right up the road. I don't know why you want to go there, but they were, they weren't, they were, they, they wanted me to bring her that, bring them to where, um, she had recently been foraging. We were kind of like hippies. We forage for greens. And so I brought them there and I'm like, well, this is where she comes. Um, this is the woods for all. This is the green that she'd recently discovered. And this is where she'd been coming. Um, and then four months later they found her at that very spot, but in the woods, that they didn't go in. And they told everybody that they did. They said that they'd been there three different times and once with a dog, once with a cadaver dog, and it didn't they didn't get they didn't get they didn't get a hit. But come to find out that they didn't. They just said they, did, they just told everybody that, they that came out of trial. So so it's my contention that they made the mistake. Um, They missed her. They put all their chips on murder right away. And then when they found her, there just wasn't any, there wasn't pulling that train around. You would probably know if you're, um, this is your thing. I mean, does that sound too far out of bounds that they would, hey, we've, we've gone down this trip, this road too far. We can't turn it around. So we just keep going this direction. That sounds like something. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense.
0: Let me ask you this though: What what do you think it was a suicide?
1: Yeah, uh, if you read my book, um, I uh, it's on it's on Kindle, it's Amazon. You go on Amazon; it's an yeah. ebook. Uh, um I know it's 10, it's, uh And it, it's Emily, a stage suicide in Ohio is the name of the book, and I go into detail of what I know to be true. And yeah, Emily Emily had emotional problems. She had. She was suicidal, so it uh, it wasn't like a surprise to me. It was just a, a surprise to me that they react. Well, it's on TV, right? I mean, there's a show that I actually never knew existed because I don't watch like daytime TV. But um, it says suicide, murder, or accident, right? You ever see that stupid show that's on like that Oprah station? No. <laughs> it's some um, silly. So this happens quite often. That they they they. The police show up at a suicide and if they can make it out to be a murder, they will. Which isn't at all that hard. You know, if you start manipulating things and looking at people's lives and you know, I mean it's not really that hard for them to do. So so that's yeah, it was it was a suicide that they, they they missed and they said it was murder and you won't believe what they did to me in the media. I mean, they crucified me. And turned me into this just this monster. And this is before they 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 found her. I mean the the, the town of Westerville, the town of Columbus, just I mean that's through social media, and the, and the local news too. They turned it into this just this horrible thing. So it was it was quite an experience because I had I had never um, I was not a criminal. You know, just a regular regular guy. Living his life, and all of a sudden, I am being accused of being a serial killer. You know, I mean, whatever they could think of to say about me, they were saying, and, and and carte blanche. There was no one there to um to stop them. Yeah. And and it's my, if you read my book, it's in there. It's like as I'm as I'm leaving the uh, the interrogation the second day, um, they're like laughing at me, taunting me, going, "Good luck on social media." You know, we don't need a body to get a conviction. And good luck on social media. And I'm, re- I really didn't know what they kn- knew what that meant at the time. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just leaving. I was like, can I leave? Or are you gonna charge me with murder? Like, no, you can leave. No, it's okay. I'm, as I'm leaving, they're like saying this to me: good luck on social media. And within a couple of days, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, this is what they mean when people just started saying the worst things you could think of saying on social media.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that would be an awful thing to go through.
1: Yes, it uh, gives you a, a, a new law, a, kind of a, a look on authority, uh, government. I mean, it's, it's it's certainly changed my views in a lot of ways about, uh, especially law enforcement, about what exactly are they up to in a lot of these places. They're they're overfunded. I mean, I'm city city police. They have their. I mean, there's lots going on, but some of these. Some of these other smaller police departments, especially Westerville, I mean, they are very well-funded. They have all the gizmos and, and trucks and different things, and they just, they're just they just sitting around twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. <laughs> so, I mean, this was a big thing for them. Yeah. And in the end, like I say in my book, I don't think it was guilt or innocence. They weren't trying to solve anything. They just did it to churn the account, to just to make this, the money. It turned into like the, it's not my guilt or innocence that was priority. It was just the money that everything, it's the money that a case generates. And I don't know if that's just me being me. I don't know if it's going on in other places. You would probably know. I mean, Ohio is Ohio. I don't know, you know. But I mean, I can tell you that's what's going on in Westerville, that's what's going on in Delaware County. Like They're well-funded, and they, they, they want to spend that money. They want to justify their, their means to the, the public. And I don't think most people um, realize that. I certainly didn't. I trusted them to come and help me. That's why I called
0: them when she came up missing. I called them for their help. If you're interested in Matthew Moore's phone interview with me, please follow Murders in Ohio. Wherever you get your podcast, to make sure you're notified when Part Three of Matthew Morse's interview drops. I am Bill Swafford, and I have been your host for this episode of Murderers in Ohio. We got the the road in Ohio. Murderers in Ohio podcast and music are produced and performed by William Swafford.